Welcome to the Carmed Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. So today we're going to talk about leaders and what they need for 2022 and beyond. I first started to look into this topic as I was looking into some of the leadership development things I've been working on. And it's been really interesting. I haven't found any groundbreaking books or anything, <laughs> but um, but certainly a lot of articles. And most of the, the articles that I have seen and books and reports and so on, they've all pointed to similar themes. And some of these themes are not going to be new, uh, but I thought it would be really great to to delve into a few of them because it's some of them that mm. we, we, across our podcasts, we talk about these quite regularly. So it's quite interesting. And I'd be interesting to see how many leaders actually step up and try to learn a little bit more or open, be a bit more open so that they can learn more about these things. But some of the key themes that I'm seeing at the moment are things like building safe environments. Mm -hmm. And we've, again, spoken about psychological safety and so on, but that seems to be a key theme as to something that you will need to be focusing on, you will need to get a grip on for, for these times. Being inclusive understanding your teams better, looking after people, again, people at the centre of everything. And by doing that, you're also keeping your talent, being creative and innovative. And this is how you approach your business. So looking at perhaps your business models and how you're operating from a strategic point of view. Be open to change, empathy and growth. And those are kind of the overview themes. And I know that we're going to have, I know that I have two very opinionated people <laughs> in front of me. So hopefully we'll have a lively discussion around some of them. But it's just so interesting how these things keep coming up. And no matter which article I've read, they have all pretty much come up with the same things. Mm. So it's nothing new that, you know, just like they say, there's nothing new under the sun. This is the same for this particular topic. And I think the reason why things sometimes get repeated is because people aren't actually changing mm. and people aren't doing them. Or if they are, they're finding it difficult to do. So we need to keep talking about these themes. Mm -hmm. It's very important also for us to remember that a big part of this is being open to learn and not be afraid to embrace some new thinking or even address some of the things that you've been avoiding and, and not working on. And this is where it kind of ties into things like personal leadership as we look at the whole thing. So I'm going to start with Jenny. Thank um, you. This is definitely an area that Jenny delves into in her work with redefining communication. Mm. So it's it's a real, it's probably a real big one for you and, and for Advita actually. But what what do you see as some of these key things that leaders need to look into? Because I know that there are these central themes that I've been mentioning, but mm. I'm not, I, I'm absolutely sure that there are way more things that people need to be paying attention to at these times. Gosh, I, I, it's such a big topic. And I love that this is our last episode of the season because it's <laughs> sort of looking forward as we're almost halfway through the year. But I think there is, there. some of them are quite big words. And I think what's happened as a result of the pandemic, which I think we will start to see really coming out more you know, the rest of this year and into next year is the sort of disconnection that's happened inside organisations and the disconnection between leaders and the workforce as a result of the pandemic. And that's whether or not it's as a result of people being now physically more remote than they've ever been, mm. you know, the whole hybrid conversation. Um, 
And I think there's also the disconnect that's happening because of the polarisation that's happened in society over the past few years as well. And I think that that disconnection is something that leaders need to be mindful of and aware of and look at how they can, you know, how they can, you know, reconnect essentially. And then what that really looks like. So I find it interesting that on your list of topics was open to change, empathy and I can't, and growth. growth. Couldn't read my own scribbles. Now, empathy is a word that I'm starting to really delve into a bit more because I think it's a big word that we use a lot without without much thought and consideration. You know, leaders are human beings as well. And I think they've been under a huge amount of pressure in the last two years to step into a space, to lead through significantly turbulent times um, in society for lots of different reasons, not just the pandemic, you know, in the UK and across Europe, we've had Brexit. You know, there's there's lots of things that have been going on that have been causing challenges in the world. So I think that there's something to delve into around empathy, what that really means, understanding what leaders have been through. I think there's also the development need for leaders that that I I think we really have to bring forward. I, I know from the work that I've done in the reading I've done that they're saying that that people aren't getting the development that they need. Part of the reason why they're leaving organisations is because they're not having the coaching or the development that they need as a leader. They feel very isolated, very lonely because there's been this everyone looking up. And I say this a lot when I work with leadership teams and coach, you know, leadership teams and boards and different people is people are looking up. And if you're a leader looking up, what are you looking up to? And I think Mm. that's where it gets really challenging. So there's those things that I think we need to kind of think about. It's not surprising to me that people are at the heart of all of this. And I think that's probably where the shift is for organisations. And there's an education and upskilling there for leadership teams to understand people, understand the importance of communication, how you can engage employees and all of those things. But in terms of, you know, who does a leader need to be in 2022? It's going to come back to the core traits of leaders that have been there for such a long time. It's just that our tolerance level of rubbish leadership (laughs) is really low now. And 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 when you look at what's you know what a leader should be in terms of, you know, honest, transparent, open, caring, courageous, you know, all those traits and there's loads more I could list, but they've always been there. Yeah. We just haven't had the light shone on those. And I think that what we have seen from the pandemic is a is a focus on being a better leader because all the books I've read about remote work and long distance leadership and all of those really are just leadership. Yeah. It's just about being a great leader and investing in yourself to lead properly and effectively. And I just don't think we've done that enough. No. And and it's quite sad that, you know, as I said, things keep being repeated that leaders need to be learning and clearly something is wrong mm. because we're not necessarily seeing that in the workforce and you're seeing people talking with their feet that they're actually leaving now and so on. So in terms of having an understanding of where leadership's coming from, I mean, they they might be great leaders, but they've kept it quite hidden mm. from people and people haven't seen their best qualities. So it's, and all of what we've been talking about just now is those soft skills that many leaders have a tendency to say, oh, well, I I don't talk about empathy and vulnerability. I don't talk about Mm. communicating or conversations because, you know, that's awkward and they are soft skills. However, these are the very skills that people are looking out for today, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's really important that, and I think the language is turning on using terminology like soft skills. Mm. You know, I I watched a video that Simon Sinek did a few months ago about calling it human skills. Mm. And I think there's been this negative connotation attached to leaders showing empathy and vulnerability and being honest 
and being transparent because those people never really succeeded in leadership. No. And, you know, things are changing to Jenny's point and people are less tolerant mm-hmm. of poor leaders and they walk with their feet because now people have choices and options. And unlike 25 years ago where you were tied down to a mortgage and a town and a city, that isn't the case anymore. And people have got flexibility to move around. Yeah. And they've got options not only to work locally but and nationally, but, you know, globally. You can work for any organisation to an extent now with the introduction of technology. Mm. You can work anywhere. And I think leaders have to understand that they do need to embrace their human skills yeah. a bit more and recognise that people will not put up with their talent command authority that used to be there. And I think the times, you know, the pandemic has taught us over the last couple of years that people are realised there's more to life than, you know, the nine to five and commuting for two hours each way and still stuck in traffic or sat on a really busy train and all that. And people have become quite, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. that's why this whole topic of great resignation has been going around everywhere, lots of conversations about it. But reality is, if you work for a leader who is supportive, empathetic, understands the challenges you face and works with you in terms of how can we help you thrive in this organization you would be willing to potentially you know adapt and work and stay stay in that role but I think you you walk you you know you go into an organization and the leader isn't leaders you know they've got a lot going on as well that's the thing we need to remember there's a lot going on and so Jenny's point who do they look up to Mm. if when you sit in those rooms and board meetings and stuff you can sense the pressure they've got on them and it comes you know, shareholder value and investor conversations. And then you've got to think about what does this look like and what does that not look like? And then you've got the noise coming from your like middle management mm. team. And it is a lot to take on and it's a really stressful job. And I, but, you know, I read a research report where, and I'll, I'll try and find it so I can put it in the show notes, where this is going to be the biggest retirement kind of generation. Yeah. I'm going to exit the workforce in yeah, mass. that's right. And it's, 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 it's one, going to be the, a massive shift in culture where the, the kind of millennials, I suppose, so any, you know, the 40 plus folks are going to start going into those leadership positions and their their behaviours, they need to understand that what do they need to change and adapt to make sure there's no kind of influx of people leaving in mass or there's a, there's a performance dip in the organisation when you lose, not only losing all those people in retirement, you're losing the skill mm-hmm. and the, the talent and the the you know the legacy that they're taking with them, and I'm talking specifically around those older organisations yeah. that have relied on the knowledge and relied on the individuals who have been promoted because of the experience of the technical element of the job they do rather than the human element of mm. the job they do. So mm. that's something to really think about when you're advising and guiding leaders in terms of what is missing for them. Yeah, definitely. And that makes me think about the whole piece of work around leadership styles Mm -hmm. and how, you know, many times when you raise that whole issue of leadership styles, people say things like, oh, yes, I know what style I have, you know, it's it's fine. And I understand that theory, whatever. But but it's it's probably a good time or place to reassess that, to have a look at it again and to explore, well, maybe I need to adjust my leadership style a little bit more because that's the only way you then begin to incorporate skills like the empathy, like vulnerability, and not to make too much of that because it goes, it's on both sides. And so it's a little bit, 
it's a little bit like we don't all of a sudden want everybody to be super empathetic and so on and not at all authoritative. We need both. We need yeah. the direction mm-hmm. and we also need the empathy. So yeah, it's how that balances out. Yeah. And I think there's something about your role as a leader changing as your team stages change. You know, if you're yeah. if you're leading a team or you're leading an organization, there are different stages of of that team. You know, there's the model of forming, storming, norming, performing, something like that, I think it says. Yeah, yeah. And and if you're forming a team, your leadership style needs to be appropriate for for forming that team. If it's then, you know, developing, it's got to be slightly different. So as a leader, you have to have a little toolbox of of skills to be able to draw on those at different times. You can't be the same leader all the time because there are going to be different skills and different things you need to call on at different times. Like you are as a human being, when life changes, you have to draw on different skills and different things in your background. And I think sometimes we want leaders to be very consistent, which is important, but that also means you have to be slightly different depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is something there about leaders not shying away from that and not shying away from the accountability that comes from maybe being more decisive because you have to be. Yeah. Um, and and that's important because otherwise you could just get stuck feeling like you've got to be that same person all the time. But it does need to adapt with whatever the environment is that you're in. Yeah, it's influence definitely. and impact, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it is. You know, and when I talk about leadership to people, people mistake it, in my opinion, in manager mm. and management. You know, there's a manager who will give people tasks that they have to deliver against their objectives. But a leader is very much about impact and influence and the, and encouraging people to come with them yeah. on that journey. And all of what you shared at the start of this conversation, Trudy, impacts that mm. a lot. You know, you need to understand what is happening. You need to tune into the empathetic side of yourself. But also realise, actually, people looking to me to guide them Mm. at the same time. But rather than telling them this is what we have to do, it's encouraging them to be part of that conversation. And I think we have, you know, we are moving into that space. You know, the amount of coaching qualifications that are out there now to support leaders in becoming coaches rather than you know, uh, managers or whatever, it's it's changing and it's shifting. And I'm having more conversations with clients and other people around coaching skills. Mm. And what does that look like? And how do we coach people? Because that's what you need. It's that conversation that sometimes is missing when it comes to leadership and the, and the team that's trying to guide into performance. Because to your point, it, you know, you can't be overly empathetic and, and go too far down that road, but you also can't be command, 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 you know, we need you to do this. It's yeah. finding that balance. So the performance of the business is still there because mm. you still need people to perform. You know, that's really important. Yeah. And it's getting that help where you need it, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes you you can, especially if you've been used to working a certain way, suddenly you're being told, you know, you need to have a little bit of a focus on empathy. What does that mean? And I, I just wanted to pick up on the whole idea of human skills and what that might look like. So, I'm going to check in with both of you about that because it's 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 for the for the leader who sits there thinking, yeah, it's all well and good to say that, but what does that look like for me who I've never had to do that do it that way. I was brought up with the older business models that talked about command and control and authority and my what I say goes and all the rest of it. So but then now that's not the type of person that we have or that's not the type of person that we need to be mm-hmm. for our people. And the expectations have changed of mm-hmm. people. So people are thinking, I don't want to work with that anymore. No. So 
what would you what would you say to Jenny? What would you say to people? So I think if if you're in that position where you're thinking, you know, this isn't my style, I don't know how to do this, then you have to you have to invest in yourself. You know, Advita and I ran a workshop um, earlier on this year where we use scenario based uh, situations to kind of help people think differently about a certain mm. topic, and I think that's that's kind of what you need to do. You need to kind of spend some time working through a scenario and how would you how would you deal with that scenario? And then you go through sort of some learning and conversations and coaching and and then you work out whether or not you'd still do it in the same way as maybe you would have done before. And yeah. that's how all of our workshops, all of my workshops, you know, we kind of go through a bit of theory and then we we work out how we might do things a bit differently. And I think that's the thing that's important. It's about those coaching conversations of, talk to me about how you would go through, how you would handle this, mm. okay? And also focus on what's the outcome you're looking for. And I think so often we're not, we don't think about that that much. We think about the fact that we need to do something. And in the research that you and I did, Trudy, yeah, years right, ago yeah. with, with CIPR about the value and impact of communication, when we were interviewing CEOs, it was quite clear that there was definitely this desire to kind of broadcast messages and I'm just here to get my message out and I just want people to to hear that. Now, that has changed and shifted and it will continue to change and shift. But I do think that it is changing your mindset of this isn't about me getting a message out. Mm. This is about the outcome I need to achieve and therefore what's the right message to achieve that outcome. And that's a mindset shift. So that yeah. takes practice and that takes an investment in yourself to learn that. And it takes someone to help you be accountable. Mm. And that's where for me, you know, communications directors, HR directors, chief of staff roles, those are the people to help the CEO be more accountable in, mm-hmm. a, in a nice way, you know, to make those changes. But I think it's also important to remember that this isn't just on one person. You yeah. know, we think of leadership quite often as being something that, you know, one person does to many people, but actually it can be the other way around. It can involve a number of individuals across an organisation. And I think we can get stuck on that one person being that leader when actually there's quite a lot of people responsible for for leadership. Yeah. And I think that's also a bit of the trap. So if you've got someone who's maybe at the top of the organization saying, I don't know how to change and shift and be more empathetic and 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 make that change, they might be surrounded by people who are hugely empathetic mm. and therefore offset that as well. So it, it's understanding the whole team dynamic. Yeah. And that's really important. So quite often with leadership teams, when we're working with them, they're looking at the individuals on that team, not the power of the team as a whole. And that's when we get into sort of shared leadership stuff. And that's that's important to address because if you're just looking at individual skills, you're not looking at, at what the opportunity is of the power of, of the team. And that's so important. Yeah. And that's that's what leadership is all about, yeah. isn't it? It's gathering, it's getting people to follow you, it's getting those people who are around you, as you said, with the with the skills that you need to, yeah. to help you to do that. You know, it's it's really important. And and with Advita, I was going to go to you about the whole thing of empathy and what empathy really looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's. I mean, empathy is understanding why that person feels the way they feel, right? And and empathizing with them in sense of I get it. You, you know, and I think. There's so much, there is a lot around empathy and I know we've read a lot around it with Brené Brown talks about it quite frequently Mm. and that's how you bring in the vulnerability and stuff like that. But I do think that kind of scares people a little bit as well. Like, you know, what does that look like for me and does that make me too soft and does that make me not a leader? And I think there's so much inner battle and and dialogue you have with yourself about, you know, what are people going to think I'm being fake? Yeah. Right. And that's a big one. People think I'm going to be fake, you know, and we talk a lot about authentic leadership a lot as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what we what we say to leaders and as leaders ourselves, you know, what is you know, what do we need to focus our energies on? And when Jenny shared before is 
look at what's going on around you. You know, do you need to amp up your empathy or do you need to take it down? And it's, you know, it's, it's being, it's understanding yourself and taking the training and the work you need to do to figure that out. Because I think you're not expected to know all the answers. Right. You're not expected to know all the answers and you, you need to surround yourself with, to Jenny's point, with people who can help you. And empath, being empathetic to people's situations is, is critical in today's mm-hmm. world because there is a lot going on in people's lives that are beyond their control because, you know, with the pandemic in particular and then everything else that's surrounding that pandemic has made people more empathetic, I would believe. And I think I read, an, um, I just read a, a blog post a couple of days ago about the pandemic has actually flattened structures, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the hierarchy. And I think we had a chat, remember a few, a couple, just after, I think it's after the first or second lockdown, Jenny, and there was a conversation you had with a leader, I think, who said, I want everyone back in the office because I feel like I've lost my authority. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I have my same seat at the table. People know that I'm the boss and I stand at the front of the room and people surround me. And as soon as you take that on to a different environment, everyone's on equal footing. Mm. You know, so you're all sat in some sort of environment at home where you're probably a little bit more comfortable in or whatever. And, you know, you don't command the body language element, which sometimes you're commanded in a room, was was taken away. Mm. And you're all on pretty much, and people felt more able to challenge mm. in their own environment. Yeah, that's right. And I think leaders found that slightly challenging. And I'm talking about chief exec, like executive leaders, because they were so used to having that authority of this is my boardroom. Mm-hmm. And the boardroom is, you know, a symbolism. Mm-hmm. of an organization and my you know when you look at the culture element of symbolism and what that means as soon as you take all that away what does it mean to be a leader because it was the behaviors of it was those symbols that made that you recognize that person was a leader mm. the fact they sat around that boardroom table yeah, and it's the gone. fact they were sat on the seventh floor in an executive suite the fact they went on these really fancy you know executive leadership day you know all those, that, <laughs> all those golfing days all those golfing days but that that those symbols is what made yeah. that person a leader right and i think the focus was taken away from the behaviors but isn't that interesting from a you know, in all the all the episodes and all the series we've done, we always talk about, you know, imposters and, and, oh. and different elements about confidence and courage and all those things. And so when you strip away the symbols of yeah. leadership, then you're just left with, you know, a person. person. Then how does that person, what is a leader? And, and I think if you've relied on your symbols and your surroundings to give you the confidence and the courage to lead, then when that's been taken away that's where you've really got to start to work on yourself. And if you've not invested in yourself, mm-hmm. that's going to feel mm. incredibly difficult. And this comes back to what I was saying kind of at the start of this conversation of we had to do this investment years ago. The skills that you need to lead now are not different to the skills that you needed to lead 10 years ago. Yeah. It's just nobody's really invested in it. And we've been able to do it because we've had the crutch of yep. the symbols that have allowed us to lead through societal understanding of that's the boardroom, that's the CEO's office, the CEO looks like that, the CEO dresses like that. Therefore, all those symbols suggest power. Therefore, that's how we will conform to behave. Mm. All of that's taken away. So that crutch is gone and then you are... It's just a, a, a person. Well, you're only I feel like that. Um, I'm just a man stood in front of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Which movie was that again? I can't remember. It was a Tom Cruise movie. It's a Tom Cruise I movie. I mean, we were talking about Tom Cruise randomly on this podcast no, before. It, uh, you oh, know God, what? Yeah, it wasn't did. Tom Cruise. It was... It was Tom Cruise. Was, Cruise. was it? it? Was where he was a sport player. Yeah. Anyway, somebody tell us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've gone off tangent. Okay, have. Sorry, um, sorry. But you're right, the symbolism thing is critical. And I think people haven't recognised the impact the symbolism had 
in organisations and all of a sudden it was taken away overnight. Yeah. And we don't acknowledge really the power of symbolism. And it was in one of the books I've read about how we um, trust, you know, doctors because they're wearing a lab coat. Mm. I think it was Messengers um, by Stephen Martin and Joseph Marks from memory, Eight Ways to, to Get Heard. I'll put the link in the show notes. But it, it we, we use symbols to help us make decisions quickly. So if someone comes to you wearing a, a lab coat, you immediately, you're a doctor, you're educated, I trust you, you know what you're talking about. If I walked in here with a lab coat, you know, and someone didn't know me, they'd probably feel very, you know, immediately, this is going to be, you know, a helpful conversation. I trust them. And we need those symbols to help us make very quick decisions to ha- allow us to get through life because there's so many decisions that we have to make. Mm. And I think we don't realise how much we rely on them, mm-hmm. uh, like all the time, yeah. um, to, to to judge people, to to help us, you know, in, in, every, in everyday life. Yeah. And you're right, it just literally overnight it's gone just gone and to a certain extent you know we do need to keep some of those symbolisms they yeah. are important you know that they're they're recognized but they could be new symbols but they could be yeah they could be new symbols and i think one of the things i read um uh, one of the books i was reading around leadership developing the leader in me by john maxwell he talks about the fact that many leaders have the perception that you're born a leader yeah, but you're not born a leader. It's something that you can develop. It's the skills that you can develop in that. And that's where actually you take the time to understand, well, yeah, there are symbolisms here, but I don't need to be trapped in them. In order for me to be a genuine leader or a genu- genuine person, I've, I need to kind of step away from them a little bit. And mm. I think there's something about breaking the traditional symbols here. Yeah. If we're yeah. thinking about what leaders need to be in the future, it's the traditional symbols that are letting us down. Yeah. You know, and, and thinking about the work you do, Advita, with a leader like me, you know, if the traditional symbols of, of a leader, if I think about a CEO, just it, it is, you know, uh, it is a white man over the age of probably 55, 60 mm. in a suit um, in an office. You know, that's they are all the symbols for me that go with a CEO. And we have to break that in order for us to move forward. And and we're at that tipping point in society now, I think, where where that has to has to break. It has so to happen. so yeah. therefore, as a leader, you have to think about what are the what are the symbols or the artifacts or whatever it is that make me a leader that help my team see that I'm a leader and help people understand that that I'm leading this organization yeah. and that brings us into the human skills around you know around a bit of empathy around listening around being respectful around knowing yourself that self awareness mm. having emotional intelligence your symbols are just less tangible and I think that's something that's right. to reconcile with as a leader and work out what are the right symbols for you because that's within your gift to define that. Yeah. And we have such an opportunity now to really make that different to, mm. to what the symbols have been for decades. Yeah, and that's where, you know, I've been doing a lot of work around impact and influence and leadership, especially as it relates to communication. And that's where that comes from. Yeah. You know, if you nail that, you know, if you get that, then you're actually on the road to yeah. becoming more influential, becoming coming more impactful and having people follow you because that's the that's the critical thing. One of the things in one of the articles that I read um, quickly before we go into tips mm-hmm. was adapt and evolve. And yeah. I loved the way that that said that because I thought to myself, do you know what? That's such a good way of putting it that we need to adapt 
ourselves and we need to be, we need to evolve. We need yeah. to be open enough to do that. And it is hard. It's not always easy, but there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of ways that you can do it, you know, and, and even if it's just reading a book, yeah. you know, you can actually find titles that will help you yeah. to move the dial a little bit. And nobody's expecting you overnight to suddenly be this amazing, empathetic leader, because that would be a little bit false, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I'm just going to go on to some tips and uh, Advita, my dear. What do you reckon? I mean, uh, you know what? I think with, I think I think the folks who are leading know what they need to do, right? They are very smart people. Of course. Understand the challenges that are facing them. But I think what they are missing is stepping back and going and and it's and it's my bias in this because I really believe in it, but it's a coaching element for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 stepping away from that zone. So Jenny, you know, mentioned just before about us doing that case um study exercise, the scenario based exercise. And one thing that we did do that made a massive difference was we gave people in different roles. So they were able to step away from that situation and not feel the bias that they had in their old roles and they were doing something different, mm. which allowed them to think differently. And I think as leaders, we and they don't have enough time to do that. Yeah, I would recommend if you just don't know where to start, there is, you know, there's just so much out there. There are, you know, if you type in leadership books, gosh, I think there's like 35 million hits. It's mm. ridiculous. There's such a huge amount of leadership books out there. And it's it's difficult to know where to start. And I would say, take yourself out of the situation, bring in an independent support who can guide and coach you. And the best leaders I know are the ones who have a coach and have an accountability person with them who will keep them on track and will will have those difficult conversations yeah. and have those challenging questions to get people to think, actually, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? What do I need to do? And what behaviours do I need to bring into this business for us to thrive and perform? Mm. And I think that's what, you know, that's my, that's my one tip. And I would say, if you can do that, then you will see change yeah. in the way you lead. But if, you, if you're not self-aware and you don't understand what you need and you're a bit stubborn, which we can be because you get defensive and, and stubbornness is led through fear, I would say, um, you, you won't ask for help mm. and you think I should know everything. And I think we, we position ourselves as leaders that we need to know everything about everyone and that's not the case. So get yourself a coach or get somebody who's a bit more independent who can work with you to understand where your barriers yeah. are and blockers are. No, that's good. Jenny? Um, so my tip is to email hello at carmedgedrebels.com. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, but genuinely, if you are struggling, reach out. We're really happy to help point you in direction of resources or, or however we can we can support. It's what we all do every day. But uh, but I think Advita's right. You know, most leaders do know what they need to do. The difficulty is making it a priority and making the time to, to do that. And it's easy to not make the time to do that. And so my tip is, my tips are going to be more around kind of the questions, mm. you know. So what happens if you don't? And and if you don't, make some time in the next month to either go and have a coffee with with someone that's a trusted advisor to you or to have half, an hour, half a day with a coach, whatever it might be. If you don't do that, what's going to happen? And if you are starting to feel like you are on that bridge, walking one inch at a time and it's burning <laughs> as you're walking you know you, you have to stop yeah and and you have to stop and and get that support and and work through that and that's something we all need to do so I think if you are 
in that space, you have you have to make that time in the next month. And if you are going to do that, let us know. We're really happy to hold you to account if you want to say, look, next month I'm gonna I'm gonna invest some time. Can yeah, you just check in with me next month yeah. and just make sure I've done it? Absolutely fine. I think the other thing is to be very honest with yourself about your level of emotional intelligence. And that's a very broad statement, but emotional intelligence is so important when it comes to leadership. And I think if we don't feel that we have very high emotional intelligence or we don't feel we can, um, we've, we've got a strength in that area, then we have to invest in, in being able to strengthen that. And that, again, you know, is often through through coaching. So it's the emotional intelligence piece that's important. A lot mm. of leaders are incredibly bright people. A lot of leaders are often quite technical, depending on the industry that they're in. Yeah. And therefore, the emotional intelligence side might be something that's just been um, underinvested in, mm-hmm. and and that's the that's the skill you're going to need really to to absolutely thrive in the next five to ten years. Wow, that's good. So for me, I I I was thinking about the whole thing of seeking feedback. Yeah, nice. Because of the fact that you're asking people to follow you, you you literally are in a new situation with all of this, and it's it's really great to take a step back and reflect and ask some people what they really think, because although you might think that they've not been noticing, some of them (laughs) have, it is a brave thing to do to put yourself out there and say, I want some feedback, you know, Mm because you never know what you're going to get back. But I think it's, it's time to, to, to really step out there and say, do you know what? I, I want to have some honest conversations about how I'm leading and how you're, how I'm making you feel as a leader Obviously, you don't have a have to have a kumbaya moment and huggy feely thing, but you know, <laughs> you can if you want. You can if you want, <laughs> but it it really it really will help if you are open to get yeah. some people that that you trust that that you respect to give you some honest feedback about your leadership, and that in itself gives you your starting point to say, right, I'm going to go to a coach and I'm going to actually have this conversation. I need to work on X. And it's no shame in it because we all need to work on something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think I think that's the only piece of advice. I'd yeah, give. I think you're right. I think you've got to lean into that. I always say to people, I remember talking to someone a few years ago who really wanted to go and set up and do something on their own, and and they had run a business before and and, and it hadn't worked, mm. and, and and for various reasons they were um, replaced with someone else. And I said, to, I remember saying to them, you've really got to lean into why that didn't work, you know, because if you want to go and do something again, yeah, what didn't work the first time, and if you're not prepared to have that conversation and talk about that, it's going to be really difficult for you to 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 really thrive in in this space because you don't know what what you need to learn and adapt in order yeah. to be successful. They didn't really talk to me again. So oh yeah, it's a bit awkward. <laughs> I, I stand by that. You yeah. know, if you if you can't get a little bit uncomfortable, you know, it's you, it's you not going to work. You It's so important to be self-aware as a leader in where your your strengths are and where your learning opportunities are. And data and insight will help you on that. So yeah. to, as much as I don't think engagement services are useful to an extent, they can be helpful in terms of understanding why is your department struggling yeah. and is it is it through your leadership is it through the people that you're trying to influence and impact and using that information to Trudy's point and getting that feedback from the trusted sources but yeah. also maybe people that you know are uncomfortable with you because they're the ones who are going to give you the yeah, best feedback the most yeah. honest honest feedback <laughs> yeah. and, and not getting defensive and if somebody like Jenny does come to you and go Lean into that. <laughs> What's going on? You know, not talking to that individual because they made you feel uncomfortable is not the answer. And I think if you want to succeed and thrive and make a difference, and we're doing a lot around inclusive leadership right now, and I'm doing lots of research in that space, people will hold you accountable 
without you asking them to. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. that's when it gets even more uncomfortable. Yeah. And you want to be ready and you want to be comfortable to an extent where you can answer and be self-aware enough to know, do you know what? I'm working on it. Yeah. I may not be perfect, but I'm working yeah. on it. And, and to your point about the data and insight, as a you know, as a as a team, you can do the same yeah. thing. You know, do a board evaluation right. if you're on a board, yeah. you know, or you know, I there are tools, I'll put some links in the show notes to tools that we've developed as diagnostic tools mm-hmm. for leadership teams to help them refocus on where, where they need to go. There's lots of things out there that that can help. And I think getting that data and insight can be done as a team. And that's yeah. equally important if if we're looking to really succeed. Yeah. yeah. We'll put all of that information in the show notes and that's from some of the books, articles yeah. and some of the diagnostic tools that yeah. will help us We to... could probably write another leadership book. <laughs> we could, we could. Well, you never um, know what's coming. You never know what's around the corner. It's one of us could be. <laughs> Watch this face. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. but I, I just encourage everybody to really look into this and not ignore it and put it to the wayside. Yeah. You've got, really you, important. You've, you've got to give leadership some investment this year. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, the, that's the long and short yeah. of it is yeah. you've ignored it for like 10, and 20 years. it won't happen overnight. won't it's happen a, overnight. Yeah. Invest in it. Yeah. And it's time. Yeah. <laughs> what a great subject to end our season on. <laughs> what a lovely season finale. What a lovely season lovely. finale. Loved it. Lovely. Loved it. Lovely. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit carmagerebels.com. We'd love to continue the conversation, so please connect, ask questions and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Carmage Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.